Hello and welcome to Amra Circle. I'm your host Deeksha and I'm so excited to introduce this platform that brings parents, educators and experts together to discuss all things parenting. For we all know it takes a village to raise a child. This podcast will shed light on different issues, questions and topics relevant to the early parenting community. Enjoy our musings every week as my team and I take pressing parenting topics and break them into 20-minute episodes. Subscribe to Amra Circle on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you never miss an update. Children have a way of absorbing almost everything placed in front of them. It's crucial to therefore expose children to a wide variety of situations, emotions, thoughts and opinions early on. What better way to do this than use books? Children react to what they read in ways that are beyond our wildest imagination. When children read or are read to, they hear more than just words. Today, Amrita and I will shed some light on books for children, the role they play in a child's life, and how parents can go about choosing them. Hey, Amrita, welcome back to Amra Circle. Hey, Deeksha, thanks for having me. I'm excited to discuss my personal favorite topic today: books. I think we all kind of understand the importance of reading but what's the big deal about reading That's an excellent question so you know there's a ton of research that says that reading books to children is one of the best things um that parents can do and there's a number of reasons for this so of course the first and greatest um the greatest thing about reading books is really uh it's one of the best routines that we can build um you know it's the opportunity for snuggles and calm togetherness at the end of the day or whenever it is that you're um choosing to read and children just love the sound of language and they love looking at pictures with their parents and that's just in and of itself i think that is a wonderful um advantage to reading but of course apart from just being enjoyable there are plenty of other reasons uh, to read to children so the first uh, is of course that reading builds children's vocabulary so if you read an average children's book the language is usually a little bit more complex than the language that we are using when we're just speaking to a child so you're just building vocabulary the other thing is that it also develops imagination so when you are reading to a child and you know even if there are pictures in the book or whatever the child still has to imagine a lot to fill out Uh, the whole story and to fill out that cast of characters and that is something uh that really develops with reading in a different way than it does uh with watching cartoons or movies and things like that and then there are some academic benefits so reading really helps children understand things like the directionality of text simple things like english is written from um left to right and from the top of the page to the bottom and then you turn pages from right to left to go to the next page just simple things like that um and they understand that words on a page have meaning there's spaces between words those so all things they're picking up without us really telling them anything about it and it teaches them more about the world it teaches them about people who are different to them or places they haven't seen um so all of those are really great reasons um why books are so important that's the big deal about books <laughs> okay right so that's the big deal So what's an appropriate time to start reading to children you know is there a magic age at which you should start doing this um so there isn't a magic age 
Um, there are plenty of people I know who have started to read to their children before they were born, right? Because oh, wow. the sound is one of the first um, senses that starts to develop. So a child can technically hear when they're in the womb, which is why the sound of a mother or father's voice is so calming to them. They've been hearing it pretty much as soon as they can hear, which is even before they're born, right? Um, but um, if you are really looking at reading a book and, and engaging with a child, then as soon as they can focus on a picture on a page um, and is a good time. So this is usually around four months-ish, three months. Um, and of course, the sound of language is appealing to them even before that. But actually reading, that's a good time. And uh, starting to read to them early just makes it a habit for both the parent and the child. So it's something that you can rely on, you can come back to, it's part of your routine. Um, and so starting early just helps them, helps immerse them in an environment when they're hearing language in a context that's different from just regular conversation. Um, Interesting. So yeah, I would say pretty early. Um, and then, you know, as they get older, increasing the duration. Right, okay. And how do parents go about choosing these books? Uh, it's, it's, it's an ocean. There's so many books out there. So how do they go about <laughs> understanding what's appropriate to read to their children and how do they choose this? So this is, oh, wow, this is a whole, as you said, it's an ocean, right? And there's a number of different things that parents can do to really start to think about it. So it also depends on the age of the child. So when the child is really little, what you're looking for is really high contrast um, pictures, simple language, um, you know, things that a child would enjoy looking at. Um, and then what you, parents also need to remember is that they're not choosing books for children to read to themselves at these early stages. They're choosing books that contain themes and ideas that will be interesting to a child, but that you or the parent will be the one reading to your child. So for books that parents are going to uh, read to children, it's important to look for books that tell a, a good story, use correct grammar, use good vocabulary, but explore ideas and concepts that you value as a family. Um, so books that are, you know, like flashcards and things like that, those are books that you can have, of course, um, but they're not books that I would say are exciting to read with a child. Something with a strong narrative um, and, and great pictures is a, is a wonderful way um, to do that. Um, books are also a portal to promoting imaginative play. So the, um, the, I guess it's not a very popular opinion because I know a lot of people uh, do look at books um, that have you know, popular cartoons and things like that. But I would steer away from those being the primary books that children have only because children end up focusing on the themes from the shows and mimicking the way the characters behave on the shows. Um, and if we really want to encourage them to develop their own imaginative play, uh, you want to introduce new characters that they haven't seen acting on you know, TV in a particular way so that they're able to then think through how that, um, how that would look in their heads and how that is to them. And then the final thing I would say is that it's important to consider two things. One is representation, but the other is learning about new ideas and new cultures. So when I say representation, I basically mean um, books that have people who look like you, sound like you, call, their, call your parents the same kinds of things that you call your parents. If you say amma or amachi or whatever, those kinds of words are in the books. And you know, people are wearing saris and people are like us, browner, not white and blonde hair and all of this all the time. But then also learning. Um, so, you know, learning about people who are different than you and different contexts. And so having a balance of both of these things is important uh, so that kids see themselves, but they also see different types of people. 
got it and so let's say they pick out a book you know that's that fits this criteria how do they go about mm-hmm. reading to their children how do they make a habit or out of this so um again one of the key ways that you do this is actually just to set consistent time aside every single day um so you can decide you know what works for you for some families it's right before bedtime and that works because everyone's done with work and you're you're doing this whole bedtime routine anyway you might as well add reading to it for other families though you know maybe sometime in the middle of the day is a more calm and relaxing time and bedtime is really crazy and stressful and they don't want to add one more thing um so it depends on the family but i would say pick a time and then get used to chatting with your child about the book it's not something that you're trying to get through one end to the other end and you know tick something on a box it's really something where you're having fun you're looking at a new book you're predicting what do you think this cover might be about or what do you think this picture might be about or this title and then discussing you know what might happen next or why do you think they made that decision or and of course the questions will vary depending on the age of the child you might not be asking a one and a half year old um, some of these questions but certainly a four or five year old you would and then um allowing and encouraging questions so i know and even for myself right at some point you've read so many books that you just don't want to be asked why or you know what happens next or any of that but really stopping and remembering that it's important to have those conversations as well so children will start to ask why certain things are happening and it's really great to allow that and then ask them why do you think so rather than giving them all of the answers getting them to tell you what they think is a really good way to start a conversation around the book so of course read it end to end but pepper it with these discussions and conversations um and these will develop as a child gets more familiar uh with this whole thing of discussing books all right so that makes sense now when do children really start in reading independently all by themselves so this is um a tricky one because what you and i call reading may be different from um you know what a, when a child feels like they're reading and so it's it's a bit of a gray area but children actually start looking at books by themselves and exploring books by themselves pretty early on like if it's a habit in the family to read books together you'll soon find the children you know like kind of picking up the book and reading it to their stuffed animals or to a younger sibling or something that's actually really sweet um to see this is just adorable but even younger babies who are just busy you know like pushing up on their forearms and they're looking at these books um with high contrast pictures and things like that they look at them and they'll flip the pages and they'll explore so it might not be reading the way you and i would necessarily call it reading but they're certainly exploring and if it's a child who's being read to very often you will see that they'll flip the pages the same way you would flip the pages when you're reading in english and and things like that so it it starts to happen um pretty early and then if you're consistent with building this reading habit um soon you'll find that children are uh identifying um some common words um you know they're able to they may not be reading the story but they look at the picture and kind of tell the story as they're going through so all of that begins and you know it's a huge range so i don't want to say like a typical age when that would happen but that those are the stages that you generally see for some children it happens sooner for some a little later and you know some children actually even learn to read from this whole language approach what you and i would actually call reading which is making sense of the words um and because when you're reading to your child they begin to identify patterns and you know the words that match up with the pictures and things like that however most children do require structured instruction 
So when they start learning how to read in school, learning how to put um, words together and stuff like that, that's when you'll actually hear things accurately from a book. They'll be able to say this word means this, and you know it, that happens once they're actually getting formal instruction. And then, of course, for other children, you know, when they're doing this whole um, whole what we call the whole language approach, so we're reading books to them and all of that. Some actually learn to read what you and I would call learning to read, meaning they're actually able to identify the words on the paper um, and say what that particular word is uh, because they begin to identify patterns and words that have meaning as an adult is reading to them. Uh, and then um, that happens kind of naturally for them. However, most children do require some stru structured instruction in reading. So you'll see that a child is able to really pick out words on a page and start reading that those words when they're getting formal instruction on how to read in school. And of course, this varies right from child to child and from school to school when they begin that. Uh, and eventually, you'll see them practice with books that they're already familiar with at home. And finally, after that, you will see them read independently. So it's not linear, it's not quick, and it certainly requires patience on the part of the parent because you know that your child is able to read some words but they're not going to go and read that sentence just because you know they can read all the words. Uh, for them, it's it's a bit more of a process. Um, and so, yeah, reading independently can happen in a variety of stages over a period of time. Okay. Um, so how do parents, so for how long do parents have to curate the kind of books kids are exposed to? And when do kids start picking out their own books? So with COVID, this is a little more difficult, right? Um, before COVID, what I would have said would have been to try and go to libraries as much as possible and to just explore the children's section with your books because things will stand out um, to your child and they'll, you, they'll get into the kind of habit of choosing a book and taking it home and, and things like that. Uh, but parents should curate regardless. I will say from watching my son pick out books that it's not always the most successful experiment. Like they might pick out books that look really great to them, uh, but is not maybe something that you want to be reading frequently to them. So it's really important, I think, to keep curating these books actually for a really long time. Um, you know, longer than you'd imagine, I think till a child is eight, nine, 10, it's good to introduce new and different types of books to your child. Um, because the books that they may pick up on a regular basis would be what their friends already have or something that seems familiar. But if you notice your child's interests kind of growing and changing, it's always nice to introduce a book um, that works with that interest. So Amrita, can you name a few authors parents could potentially consider or you know, what are some of the books parents could look at when they're stocking up their child's library? Yeah, so this is a good question. Um, again, these are kind of personal um, decisions, I would say, because, you know, I may really like a certain author and then other parents may not find them as compelling. So I'm going to share uh, the ones that we really liked um, and the ones that we've used in schools where I've worked before. And of course, parents can make this decision for themselves um, as well. So some of the authors that we loved um, are um, uh, Eric Carle. Uh, and of course, this is a personal favorite of mine, um, partially because uh, he actually lived very close to where I went to college. Uh, so there was a whole museum there uh, and it was really cool. Uh, but in any case, it was, uh, we have a whole bunch of Eric Carle books and the art in them is just amazing and really interesting for children to look at. They're very simple pictures, but there's a lot of texture in them. Um, and so Eric Carle, 
Julia Donaldson has some great books and there are actually, it's, it's great because she has some books that are appropriate for little kids, which is like um, Fox's Socks and things like that, which are lift the flat books where kids can explore and experiment and look at all of that. But then she has books for older children as well. And when I say older, I mean older even in the preschool age, um, so like five years old, uh, where she has books like Gruffalo and Gruffalo's Child and Room on the Broom and things like that. And then children also tend to like really um, silly books. So uh, there's this, uh, there's a couple called Janet and Alan Allberg who've written some very sweet books um, that are like find the character in this, uh, you know, in this in this picture and those kinds of things. And but they they play on previous existing rhymes and things like that. So that's those are really fun as well. Um, and then there's this whole Where's Spot series by Eric Hill. Um, so that's another one that children tend to like. Uh, and that's in terms of books written by Western authors. But of course, there are a ton of books um, that are written by Indian authors as well. Um, and they're quite gorgeous. So there's this whole um, Gajapati Kulapati series by uh, a gentleman named Ashok Rajagopalan. And, you know, I've read that book to children who are three and four. And I've read those books to children who are even older and they've all loved them. Uh, and it's really fun because it's very contextual. And Tulika actually, uh, the publishers have done a fantastic job of curating books um, that will appeal to people from a huge range of cultures in India using the appropriate terminology for your grandmother and you know all of that, which I find really great. So those are some um, that I would recommend. And um, yeah, uh, I, I think that's a good place to start from where <laughs> I'm concerned. Um, but there are also, um, you know, like other books that you can look at as your child gets more interested in factual things. Um, so there's this whole big picture book press, I think it's called, and they have these gorgeous hand illustrated uh, books that are basically like you're walking around in a museum. Um, and so for older children, those are really gorgeous. I could talk about this all day, but I'm going to stop <laughs> with those recommendations for now. No, clearly, maybe we do another episode on, you know, just books, where to go, where to find them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing your thoughts, Amrita. This is such a fun conversation. I personally love books. I grew up around books and it's, it's, it's a very personal topic for me as well. So thank you for sharing your thoughts. It's, it's been a great conversation. Thanks, Diksha. Yeah, books, I feel like are friends that you grew up with and continue to love even after you've long outgrown the actual uh, text and story in them. It's, it's somehow a comforting thing to have. So I'm very Agreed. excited to talk about books. <laughs> Thanks again. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. Listeners, thank you for listening to this episode on Books for Children, the role they play in a child's life and how parents can go about choosing them. If you have further questions on books for children or anything else child development and parenting related, you can DM us on Instagram and we'll be sure to address these questions in our future episodes. Amra is a parent and childcare brand focused on creating an environment that will help children thrive and parents find their support system.